How's it going? I'm Coco. And this is Mike. And this is Rock and Vino, the podcast where we talk about wine and music and food and how they all go so well together. And whiskey sometimes. Uh, you can find past episodes live every Tuesday at all the fine places where podcasts are offered. Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play Store, Stitcher, TuneIn, the iHeartRadio app. All of them. Each and every one. Uh, yeah. New episodes every Tuesday. Uh, find it on social media, at Rock and Vino, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Be sure to like those and subscribe to us. And then you just get new episodes every Tuesday and you don't have to find them. <laughs> and, uh, yeah. And a very, uh, a very cool episode this week. Something a little different. And... Uh, a, a, new, a different twist on the uh, the mix of rock and vino. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, rock and whiskey. Rock and whiskey. <laughs> so uh, this week we welcome uh, Rob Dietrich. He is the master distiller at Blackened American Whiskey, which is a collaboration with Metallica. They're getting uh, getting into the whiskey business with uh, Sweet Amber Distilling. Uh, we had a chance to check it out uh, at the Symphony of Metallica show at Aftershock. Had a big display there. Uh, a really cool project with uh, with the band and getting into a new uh, a new line. <laughs> yeah, super cool. And I mean, the whiskey is fantastic. We had the opportunity to taste it at Aftershock, and um, yeah, it's good stuff. I I definitely would recommend checking it out. Master Distiller Rob Dietrich joins us right now from uh, from Denver. Rob, thanks for taking the time. Oh, it's my pleasure. Absolutely, thank you. Now you have a uh, really interesting background of kind of how you came to be. Uh, you got out of the military, and actually, uh, I, I guess your first love would be the music business. I guess is that the way to put it. You, your, your first, uh, your first, first path was to to music. Yeah, you know, I was. I've always been passionate about music. I, you know, I grew up. Um, my my dad, uh, my family had a, a really. Uh, eclectic um, and a, a really large uh, vinyl collection, vinyl records collection. So I was always into always into music at a really young age. And, uh, you know, it, it, I really, the, the music business kind of just fell into my lap when I, uh, I got out of the, the, uh, the Army. I, I served with the 10th Mountain Division uh, uh, from 92 to 95, and I got out of the Army in 95. And uh, I had a, a 67, uh, 1967 Chevy school bus, the half size. Nice. <laughs> so the short bus, as some people would call it. <laughs> uh, so I, uh, I built that thing. Uh, I, I served a few, uh, a few tours uh, in Somalia, and I'd saved up a bunch of combat pay and saved that thing, uh, built it into a, uh, you know, a house, I guess, what, you know, what people consider a tiny home now. And I was uh, traveling. Uh, up and down the uh, the West Coast, and ended up working for Bill Graham Presents. Uh, uh, very first show was a Tibetan Freedom concert in '96. Wow. Oh, wow! And I was just hooked. I was uh, I was really um, just ecstatic to be to find a vocation that uh, was just as exciting as I think what I, with what I was doing in the military, and and just um, uh, kind of fulfilled my passion for music. Now, were you a mus- musician as well, or did you enjoy kind of the the other side, the the more business side of the music business? Uh, not a very good musician. I, I, was, I, was, I always was hopeful that I'd be better at it, but um, unfortunately, uh, not that great at music. I, you know, I play a little bit, uh, play a little guitar, and mess around with some things. But um, no, I mean, you know, my really where my strengths were were uh, music production um, and rigging. Uh, when I was with the 10th Mountain Division, we were ski and mountaineering troops. So I. Um, Finding a job that actually paid me to climb was, uh, to me, I, I, I was I couldn't believe that was that you know I could have an opportunity like that. Um, and then you know I just um, started managing managing stage you know managing stages, managing venues, managing uh, events, 
and, and really just kind of blossomed from there. Now, where in the process did uh, did you find the bridge to distilling? Um, oddly enough, vintage motorcycles. Ah, very cool. <laughs> I had a uh, um, a friend of mine and I were building a. Uh, a diesel motorcycle out of a, an old motorcycle we found out in the desert in, in Taos, New Mexico. And uh, we, we'd taken an engine from a cement mixer and, um, and, and put it into this, uh, this little Jawa, a little Czechoslovakian motorcycle. And uh, we were running on vegetable oil, so you could start it up on diesel and, and, uh, and then run it on vegetable oil. So I was really into alternative fuel and machines. I've always been a gearhead. And uh, so I met the original head distiller at Stranahan's Colorado Whiskey in Denver um, over a mutual love of, of vintage bikes. And he was uh, attempting to make his bike uh, run on the heads, which is the, the waste product uh, left over from the stills uh, when, when you're, during the distillation process, which is a high, high ethanol um, alcohol. But you, you have to kind of keep redistilling it to Did to that end up working? Fuel. So... Um, it, not really. Not really. <laughs> different flashpoints. Um, we, we thought, you know, when we when we met up, we're like, oh, I've, I've been doing this vegetable oil thing, and he's like, oh, I'm doing this ethanol thing. Let's let's combine our, you know, let's put our minds together and see if we can really make the, you know, the the ethanol bike work. And uh, um, and really, what happened is we ended up working on motorcycles at the distillery, and I just fell in love with, uh, you know, as soon as I walked in, I saw that that 800 gallon copper still. I was like, I need to know how to make that <laughs> thing run. I want to know how to make whiskey. So he, uh, um, eventually, you know, I, I started out, uh, just, you know, helping with the bottling and then, um, convinced them that they needed a, a third shift. Uh, and, uh, that, so I, you know, I was used to working rock and roll hours <laughs> and military hours. So I said, you know, put, just teach me how to distill. And I, so I was, I did the, uh, the 1am to, 1 a.m. to 9 a.m. shift for about four years straight. Um, wow! Just to just to just to kind of cut my teeth on uh, on distilling. And you worked your way all the way up to master distiller of St- uh, Stranahan's, right? I did, yeah. Um, you know, just uh, at night, that was kind of the uh, with with the <laughs> they kind of turned me the, uh, the the original. I was the original night ninja. <laughs> I would just kind of run around <laughs> getting things done in the middle of the night. Um, you know, so not only distilling, but uh, pulling out barrels, uh, harvesting the whiskey, blending, uh, or really what we call the marriage of whiskey because we weren't blending at the time. Um, although it did kind of evolve into, um, you know, really tasting all the different barrels and creating larger, larger batches. So that really did kind of require the skills to taste. Um, so, yeah, I, I learned, um, you know, just kind of wearing all the hats really makes all the difference. You know, you have to be willing to, you know, not only distill and bottle and, and harvest whiskey, but, uh, you know, sweep the floor, clean, <laughs> fix toilets, fix, <laughs> fix plumbing, fix anything that needs to be fixing. It just, um, you know, it was just a three man crew back in those days. So you had to wear, you had to wear all the hats. So I, um, learned very quickly. So we're up here in wine country. So a lot of what we see is through the context of winemaking. So the master distiller for a whiskey would be along the lines of a winemaker for a, for a wine. Yeah, definitely. Um, and really what, what that is, um, you know, I, I get asked what, you know, what does that entail as, you know, as far as a master distiller and really, um, what I've, what I considered is that it, it just means that I have the rest of the world to keep learning. Like I, I know enough to, uh, I know enough to know that I need to know more. <laughs> and, and so, so it's, uh, 
Um, and so really it's just, uh, knowing, uh, knowing every step of the process, knowing your equipment, knowing, uh, um, knowing your ingredients, how they're grown, how the, how the barley's grown, how the corn is grown, um, what, what your water source is, how to use that water, how to, um, how to really be efficient with your process and at the same time produce the highest quality whiskey that you can without cutting corners. So it's, um, it's it's really there's just so many little facets to it I think that are are uh, that I've kind of gained through the years um, of just having you know other jobs that I've worked you know for for example in in brewing and distilling you use a lot of pumps um, and in a you know a past life uh, you know kind of between the music business and uh, and distilling I I managed a, a hot springs in southern Colorado and we we dealt with pumps all the time and hot water and cold water and um so all these kind of things are just you know all the, the kind of knowledge is kind of really um are kind of all built up to be able to come to this place to be able to um really not only work on process but to um, really kind of refine my palate as well, you know, identifying, okay, what is it that I'm tasting in this whiskey and why do I like it or why do I don't like it? Um, so I think, you know, that, that was a whole nother, um, a whole nother, uh, step in the, in the, in the, in the process as well. Now, in terms of aging a whiskey, what are some of the different tools you have to kind of shape what it's ultimately going to be, whether that be the barrel or, uh, different other factors along the way? Um, you know, it's it's interesting. There's it's it definitely has a lot to do with uh, the environment. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, you know, you 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 look at uh, whiskeys that are aged in. Uh, it's always about the wood, of course, first, and and the barrel. Um, to me, a fifty uh, a fifty three gallon white American oak barrel is really where uh, the the aging process starts, and then the environment that you keep that barrel in has everything to do with how well that spirit is going to interact with the wood. And, and pick up all those flavors from the wood. So when you char a barrel, so, you know, for example, we use, an, you know, there's, there's a number three char generally used for, for bourbon or single malt whiskey, which is what I was producing before. Um, when you char the wood, all the natural sugars and those vanillins and those tannins of the wood uh, will rise up to the surface uh, to create a, a caramelized band of sugar. Um, and flavor, so that 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 spirit is interacting with that and picking up all the the flavors from the wood, um, as well as the the depth of the wood. So you're going to get 100 percent of your color from the wood. You're going to get uh, you're going to get you know maybe about 50 percent of the flavor from the wood, and then then you can go nuts. You know, like once you've aged your whiskey, you know, let's say you've aged it for four years or 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 or, or eight years. Um, you can start cast finishing or you can start cast finishing before that. There's, there's, there's so many ways that you can go. You can, you can put it in a fooder, which is like a 600 gallon barrel or, a, um, you know, you know, some people will take pieces of staves and put it in a barrel. Uh, so there's so many ways that you can, that you can age a whiskey and with, with blackened whiskey, what's, uh, what's, you know, extraordinary about this is that it's a, a blend of, uh, bourbon and rye, um, so we've got, you know, we've got bourbon out of Tennessee and Kentucky and Indiana, and we've got rye out of Indiana and, and Canada. And these are all whiskeys that can stand on their own individually, just beautiful whiskeys. But we, when, you, when you work on that blending process to, to really put them together to create um, a unique uh, and beautiful 
whiskey on its own, um, that's where it's that's where it's fun. That's where the the, the artistry comes in. Uh, and from there, we we uh, we do a, a finish in uh, black brandy barrels. So that's uh, that's Spanish brandy. Um, and really just it's extraordinary how the subtle hints of the brandy kind of uh, really tie in the, the sweetness of the corn and the, and the spiciness of the rye and, and really kind of creates this magical um, whiskey that's unique um, in, in its category. Uh, and, and there's a, there's another, you know, this is, that's, you know, you feel like that whiskey could just stand alone right there on it uh, at, at that point. But the, um, the really cool process, and we can get into that in a bit, but the, uh, um, this is where the band gets involved is the, uh, the, the black noise, what we, uh, what we've trademarked, um, as, as, a uh, black noise, which is our sonic enhancement process. That's our finishing process. Very, very cool. Now, let, let's uh, go back just a step and talk about sort of the, the origin of uh, Black End. How did you get connected with the band? How did you get involved? And uh, I just recently named now Master Distiller for Black End as well. So how did this uh, process get started? Well, you know, it, it's interesting. So when you uh, when you first um, introduced, uh, introduced me in the, in the, in the whiskey, uh, you, you mentioned the word collaboration. And... And, and it truly is a collaboration. It's a, it's a collaboration between, um, you know, the, to me, the, the greatest metal band in, in, in U.S., you know, in history. Um, and and uh, Dave Pickerel, who is a legendary master distiller, um, who really has just um, put his fingerprints um, on the craft distilling scene in such a way that, that no one's ever seen. Um, you know, Dave, Dave was a... Um, uh, the former master distiller for Maker's Mark uh, for 14 years. He was also uh, with Whistle Pig. Uh, he created Whistle Pig, uh, which is a phenomenal rye blend of rye, um, and so many, so many other uh, brands that he has helped collaborate on or um, has has you know helped people start their companies and, and has his fingerprints on things. And so when the bands um, you know first came up with the idea to create a whiskey. You know they are they're very um, they're they're so strongly loyal to their fans and their fans um, are just as loyal back to them, and they 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 didn't want to put out just something that you know they didn't want to just buy a cheap whiskey and slap a Metallica label on it. Um, you know to them that's you know everything they've ever done has been the quality of of creating uh, the music of their craft and 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 doing it um, at the best that they possibly can. So they wanted to find someone who could create a whiskey. Uh, someone they could collaborate with to, uh, and someone who was a master of aircraft, um, and that was that was Dave Pickerel. Uh, so Dave uh, really, you know, uh, worked uh, with them to to come up with the idea and the concept of how this was going to work, uh, including that that sonic enhancement, um, the, you know, the aspect, and uh, and. Again, you know, that's, that a lot of these are relationships that Dave had had um, garnered throughout the years. I've known Dave for years, um, and you know, unfortunately, uh, Dave passed away last year on November first, and it was a, um, a, a a strong blow to the distilling community, and obviously a blow to the to the forward movement of, of blackened whiskey. And uh, so the the band uh, and Sweet Amber Distilling, uh, which is the the wonderful team that I'm um, um, very grateful to be working with uh, to to create Blackened. 
they uh, they all put their heads together and like okay we need to uh, we need to keep moving forward um, we need to keep you know continue honoring uh, Dave's legacy of course uh, but they they started looking into the distilling community and and uh, looking for someone who could carry um, not only carry on with Dave's legacy but to uh, bring um, you know their own creativity um my my own creativity to to the table as well and um and something that i i used to do with the strand of hands was a a, a blend called uh, snowflake uh, and that's uh, it, it kind of has its own cult following people uh, people get a little uh, uh crazy about it because we you know we would only release it at the distillery people would camp out uh for days uh on end to uh, be able to buy two bottles when they when the doors opened and that was um really where they they started um uh kind of looking at what i was doing with uh with that and and uh it it just seemed like the perfect fit for all of us and so i um i i was really excited uh to be able to um start speaking with the band and with uh, sweet amber and uh and um i after 12 years at stranahan's i I, uh, I stepped uh, stepped down from there and was very happily uh, um, joining the, uh, the the Blackened Whiskey team. Now, this Sonic Enhancement sounds super amazing um, and just really, really unique and very cool. Um, what kind of device do you guys use for the whiskey barrels? And um, just kind of tell us about that process a little bit. Absolutely. Um, so, you know, again, this is where the band really gets to kind of help put their fingerprints on the process as well. So. You know, we're we're working with the band uh, to create every every batch of of, of blackened. So what we will do um, is we use a proprietary device um, that was create that that is created by um, Meyer Sound, and uh, we are we have a patent on on this process um, because we have, you know, I'm I'm a whiskey nerd. The very first thing I asked, the very first question I asked was like, all right, I want to know about this sonic enhancement. Like, I want to see the science behind it. So as soon as I started looking at the lab reports. Uh, that we received back, um, I was blown away at what a difference um, uh, the sonic enhancement process does to the whiskey. So, you know, you've, you've already aged the whiskey. The, the whiskey has moved uh, in and out of the barrel on its own. Um, you know, when, when it's a warm day, the pores of the wood are open and the, and the whiskey is moving into the barrel. And when it's cold at night, it pushes the whiskey back out into the barrel. So I kind of look at it as almost like breathing. You know, the, the, the barrel is breathing, like a, a breathing, living thing. And what sonic enhancement does is it creates, um, uh, we, we play music at a very, very low frequency, so low that you, you can't even hear it uh, with the human ear, but you can, you can hear this hum. It's just this vibrating hum. And that low frequency is so low um, that it, it makes this um, very vigorous movement um, with with the with our device um, on the barrel, so to the to the barrel it creates this this movement, um, so that the spirit uh, um, the whiskey is moving in and out of the wood at a very rapid pace. So it's picking up all these flavors. It's going past what we call the red line, where that that band of caramelized sugar that I was describing, that that whiskey is moving past that and picking up these these elements that um, would take years and years and years to find. Now we're not we're not accelerating aging. We're just doing an enhancement to what uh, the aging process has already done. Um, but what is exciting when I looked at the, the the lab reports, you know, there's nine markers that you're looking for uh, of flavor profiles that you're pulling from a barrel, and every one of those markers was elevated. Um, every every single one in the barrel 
that had been, um, you know, we, of course we had, a, we had a test barrel that we didn't do sonic enhancement with, and then a barrel that we did do the black noise uh, sonic enhancement with. And it was extraordinary the difference um, in those flavor profiles and the, the color of the whiskey. So it was really, really um, kind of uh, fun. And, where, and again, where the band gets to put their fingerprints on it is that uh, each band member um, will get to create a playlist uh, per batch. So the very first batch that we put out was batch 81, um, and that is a, a nod to the year that, uh, that Metallica was formed in 1981. And that first batch, all four band members uh, created the, the, the 15 song playlist uh, for that, that sonic enhancement for uh, batch one. Um, and after that, it was you know, James Hetfield created a playlist um, and so on and so forth. Um, so every batch is created by, you know, that, that song, that set list is created by a band member. They, and they, um, and what's fun about that is that you can actually go to blackened.com. Um, you can look at, you know, let's say batch 81 or batch 82. You can see which band member created the playlist. You can see the playlist and you can, um, you can click on uh, a little icon, uh, take a photo of it and, uh, go to, go to Spotify and it will populate that playlist uh, for that batch. So you can actually listen to the playlist that was being played to the whiskey that you were sipping on uh, for that batch. That is very cool. We, so, I, okay, with the whiskey that's in the barrel, is it, it, does it all, the batches, do they all essentially start as the same, it's the same whiskey, but each batch represents the different sonic enhancement from the different band member? Or is it correct? Yes. Yeah. So, so, oh, yeah, wow. the, the base is, yeah. So the base blend, uh, which is, that's, that's my, my, Part of the job is maintaining that that quality and consistency of the blend, um, and then from that point, uh, once we have uh, we we put it in, you know, we're, we're doing the cask finishing with the with the Spanish brandy uh, barrels. That is where we are. We've already gotten a, a playlist from um, from one of the band members, and that is when we were doing the sonic enhancement process at that point. Um, so that's it's always going to be uniquely different, you know. For for example, you know, uh, Lars obviously is going to you know pick some some songs that probably have a, a little bit more of drum uh, drum aspect to it, and um, you know, Robert Trujillo is is picking those those bass elements, those bass heavy elements. So everyone has their own their own kind of look and their approach to uh, the, the set list that they're picking out, knowing that this is going to be used in the, in the whiskey process. Very cool. And so each of these batches have their own um, different flavor profiles based on the music that was played for them. Uh, yes. Every, every batch is just a, a little bit unique and a little bit different, always with that same base uh, flavor profile, but it's, um, uh, but it's, it, 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 each one, it slightly, uh, varies slightly, uh, because of those, those different playlists. How cool. Jeez. And I, I assume the, the sonic enhancement has to be a first of its kind. I, I can't imagine that's been used before. You know, uh, other people have played music, uh, to, uh, to their whiskey barrels. Uh, we're, we're certainly not the first people to play music, uh, to the barrels, uh, even you know, in, in wineries, they, they play music to the barrels as well. Um, there's been studies on uh, the you know, the molecular structure of water and and how music affects. Um, you can you can actually visually see the you know the molecules changing um, by the different music that's played, or how you you know how you how you treat the water. Uh, so the similar thing with with this, but what's different about the our process is that we are um, we are we're playing at such a low frequency and, and the device that we are using 
uh, again, which is proprietary and, and um, has a patent uh, pending on it, um, is, com- is incredibly unique um, to, uh, to the process and has, um, has shown that there is a scientific um, proof that it does make a change in the whiskey. Very cool. No, we had a chance to learn more about this at a couple different events, uh, both the the Symphony Metallica shows at uh, Chase Center as well as uh, Aftershock in Sacramento. Uh, Blacken had a, a really big presence there. Um, one of the things I was kind of learning about was r- rather than the whiskey being kind of like licensed through Jack Daniels or something like that, it's its own standalone company, its own standalone brand. It's it, it lives on its own. Uh, do, what kind of does that give you added flexibility? Um, in, in the way you create it and the way you distribute it and, and all those different processes? Uh, definitely. You know, it still keeps it craft. Um, and that's what I love about it as well. You know, with the, with the, with the power of Metallica, they could have reached out to um, any large company and, and gotten them to produce a, a whiskey specifically for them. Um, but that's not what they wanted to do. They wanted to uh, create an individual whiskey that could stand on its own independently and, uh, and, and, you know, which really just is a, it's a, it's such a huge um, nod to the way Metallica has always approached their own business model and the way they, they approach creating music and releasing music. Um, so I really feel uh, that the, the freedom that we have to, uh, to really kind of create from, uh, you know, I've got, I've got some elbow room to move is the way I love it. I, you know, I've got artistic uh, freedom to, to really um, work on this collaboration with our my my, my fellow uh, um, uh, people at at that Sweet Amber, um, who I you know I just uh, I'm so impressed with uh, the uh, just all the we really have like a kind of a rock star list of, of people who uh, are all working with uh, Sweet Amber um, and working with uh, with the band. So it's it's really kind of creates an environment of creativity and. Um, in, in artistry. Now, I was reading that uh, there is some some thought to creating an actual sweet amber distilling distillery location in uh, in the Bay Area. Is that that's still something that might be in the cards in the future? You know, we're we are always looking um, for opportunities. Uh, certainly, um, you know, right now we are we're still um, you know only about a year and a half in. Um, even though the whiskey itself is. Um, um, an average age of eight years. Wow. Um, the you know, the company itself is um, um, we are we are growing. Uh, I, I, you know we we get requests every day um, every day from all over the world. People people you know are asking when are you going to release it in Czechoslovakia? When are you going to release it? <laughs> um, you know in in Italy and France and and Canada and and right now we're just uh, we're really concentrating on on getting our whiskey out to the the U.S. market um, and so really um, focusing on that. Um, at the same time, planning ahead. You know, with whiskey, it's always the long game. You're always you're always looking at okay, if we lay something down now, um, you know, in eight years from now, um, we can start harvesting this whiskey. So, so we are, of course, actively looking for uh, locations, uh, but it, it does need to be the right uh, the right circumstance. And that's uh, so we're we uh, we don't want to rush into um, anything. We're, we're we're making sure we make that decision carefully and pick the right location. Uh, that can that can suit all of our needs. Now the uh, let me ask you the bo- uh, the bottle itself is really cool design, very cool label. Uh, obviously a nod to the the sonic enhancement process. Is uh, are those sound waves from a, a song in particular? Is that uh, is that from Blackened? 
Uh, it is. So um, uh, it, it is also a nod to the, um, the sonic enhancements. Uh, and this is what I love about the bottle. You know, they didn't, again, the, the band didn't want to just slap Metallica all over it. But if you are a Metallica fan, you're going to know, you're going to look at this bottle and see a couple of, uh, a couple of things that are going to stand out. Um, one, namely the, the, the sound wave. It's, there's a black sound wave with the uh, words blackened in white um, over that sound wave. Uh, and, and what that's, uh, that's, that sound wave is James Hetfield singing the word blackened. Uh, oh, from wow. the song, uh, yeah. So it's 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 from their song. Uh, and, uh, it's off of Justice uh, and Justice for All, and they. Um, so you know that's that's just right there is just a, a subtle nod. Someone someone who's going to know Metallica songs are going to see Blackened and know okay that's a that's a Metallica song. Um, on the top of the cork, uh, it looks like a kind of um, disconnected M, but it is actually I V I on the top of the cork, and that I V. Um, IV is four, the four members of the band. V is five, that's the fifth member of the band, which is the fans. And then VI is six, which is the sixth member of the band, and that's the master distiller. Wow. So just all these little cool, subtle nods to um, its origin and, uh, and the collaboration. Very, very cool. And so now with, what's, uh, what does the future hold for you over the next uh, next few months? I know Metallica will be playing a number of festival shows next month. I'm sure you'll be involved in those. Um, do you get to head out to some of these festivals when they're showcasing uh, Blackened? I do. Um, I, you, you mentioned uh, the Chase Center. I was fortunate enough to be there the opening night, um, the, the inaugural show at uh, the Chase Center uh, uh, for S&M 2, which was uh, the, the San Francisco Symphony Orchestra and Metallica playing together, uh, which was just mind-blowing. It sounds like you, uh, you also attended that uh, as well. And it was um, really extraordinary. So, yes, I do get a chance to, uh, to go out and, uh, um, and, and promote with the band when, uh, when they are showcasing uh, and when they are on, on the road, uh, which I'm looking forward to. 2020, we've, uh, we've got a very... Um, uh, we've got an extremely uh, cool lineup. We, uh, we've um, we've uh, collaborated with uh, Danny Wimmer presents. So we are doing um, Metallica's headlining uh, several shows with Danny Wimmer, and so we are uh, we are going to be uh, the, the the featured uh, whiskey for those for those uh, shows. So it's really it's really pretty extraordinary uh, for me. I'm I'm a, I'm a huge Metallica fan in the first place. I you know I remember hearing them. I think for the first time when I was in seventh grade uh, and, you know, I heard Master Puppets and I was like, what is this? <laughs> like, this, is, this is mind-blowing. These guys are so scary and awesome. Um, and it was, uh, so I've been such a, a huge Metallica fan f uh, for, you know, most of my life. And when I was in the music business, I worked uh, Lollapalooza, gosh, I don't remember, I think it was in 96. Uh, it was in San Jose and Metallica headlined that Lollapalooza. It was Soundgarden and Metallica. I'm a huge Soundgarden fan as well. Um, and and I think that was the year that uh, Metallica had all cut their hair off. And, uh, <laughs> and, and it was, uh, you know, they, people, you know I, if you all, you know, if you recall, the, there was a lot of uh, backlash from that. Um, mm -hmm. I think any time... <laughs> change happens people people start getting upset but you know as we all know um change is constant uh, so it was um so yes I, I i'm really excited to be um working with the band and touring with them uh and promoting uh blackened uh, and opening up to more markets in the u.s very cool now if people are interested i was pretty amazed actually how wide the distribution was if people are interested in finding it uh 
the best place to send them would be blackandwhiskey.com to find availability? Yes, yes. So you can find store locator on blackandwhiskey.com, um, and that will, uh, you know, you'll be able to find, um, I believe actually it's blackandamericanwhiskey.com. Oh, yep, yep. And you'll be able to find, um, and you'll be able to find the store locator um, if, if in, in your state, if we are in your state. And I believe I do, I believe we do have it listed out by state as well. Um, and there is an online store. Um, also, you'll, you'll be able to find that on our website as well. Excellent. So we, we have one final uh, final duty here for you before we wrap up at the little tradition we do sure. each week. So okay. hopefully I get this right. This is I don't usually get to ask the question, so <laughs> you can correct me if I'm okay. wrong. So uh, on, a, uh, on a good night for you, what is, usually it's a wine pairing, but I feel like you might go in a different direction. <laughs> uh, what is your uh, best top pairing of uh, food, wine, and uh, food, beverage, and music? Ooh, ooh, wow, that's good. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm definitely, I go by mood for sure. <clears throat> you know, like for example, today's a, a cold and blustery day, so I'm, uh, you know, a, a good, uh, uh, a good solid whiskey and like a hearty steak or, or even chili. Um, you know, something that, that, that would be, um, and, and music. I'm I'm uh, I'm varied in in uh, in you know I've, I've I, I did inherit that inherit that uh, vinyl collection from my dad and then I've got my own vinyl I've been collecting throughout the years I've like literally my whole living room is is just vinyl <laughs> um, so it's going to be a mood thing you know it might be uh, uh, you know if it's a hot summer day it might be a, a little bit of little bit of blues or uh, um, uh, and. You know, like, and generally it involves whiskey. I'm, I, I'm not gonna lie. You know, it's gonna be, it's gonna be whiskey. Uh, uh, just you know, in the summertime, it might be a, what I, one of my favorite cocktails is a horse feather, which is uh, uh, that's uh, uh, whiskey, uh, ginger beer, and and extra bitters, and uh, um, and uh, I think that's it. Yeah, that's it. Just it's easy, simple. Nice. Um, cool. What? Uh, it just, so yeah, I think uh, that's kind of varied, but uh, um, it really does depend on the on the on the on the seasons. Awesome. Well, we really appreciate appreciate you taking the time, Master Distiller at Black and Whiskey, uh, Rob Dietrich. Thank you so much for taking the time. Yeah, thank you, and Absolutely. also. My, 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 my pleasure. Yeah. And also, thank you for your service. I did see that you were a veteran, so today is Veterans Day. So definitely, thank you oh, for yeah. for all that you've done. No, very kind, and uh, thank you to all the veterans out there. Um, we America wouldn't be what it is if it wasn't for you. And Absolutely. thank you. Absolutely, yeah. All right. Well, cheers to you. Thank you. Cheers. Thank you.